Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Mark, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Alan. Alan, how are you doing on this fine, fine day? Um, Mark, what are you doing? I, uh, I'm, I'm introducing us. That's not typically how we do things. Well, I, I was just thinking, you know. Wait, did you clear this with upper brass? <sighs> no, no. Because you're already in hot water. Do you want them to move your parking space even farther back? <sighs> no. All right, then let's do this the right way. All right, all right, all right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm all right. <laughs> Is this how it's going to be today, Mark? I Look, I figured I would sulk for three seconds and then I would come back refreshed and revigorated. All right, Mark, how are you doing today? <clears throat> well, hello, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. I am fantastic today. I cannot wait to dive headfirst into our episode today. There you go. Now right. we have it. Things are back to normal. We're like there. It. Thank God. Well, everybody, today we're talking about season three, episode 10, Soulmates. Soulmates. Yeah. I feel like we need a 70s uh, little background mix behind this one, Mark. I know. Soulmates. Something swirly and flowery and yeah. psychedelic. Polka dotty. Lava lamp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like that scene in Austin Powers where they're in the 70s. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. Shagadelic. <laughs> Mark, this episode first aired on April 21st of 2011. It was directed by Ken Whittingham, and I want to circle back to him and if okay, and was written by Alan Yang. And now we know both of these guys. Ken Whittingham is a director and producer. Uh, he produced the Keenan Show and Suburgatory. Oh, nice. Mostly known as a director, though, including eight episodes of Parks and Recreation. Uh, I think the last episode we had him do for us was Summer Catalog, as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. Yeah. And of course, Alan Yang, we know him as our lovable mouse rat bassist. And, uh, you know, I hear he's on some sort of new podcast or something, but, uh, you know, this is his fifth of 16 episodes that he ultimately got the the main writing credit for. Oh, we like him a lot. Yeah. And I think he did the season three uh, premiere, Go Big or Go Home was the last one. We had by Alan. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So a good episode today, Mark. All right. Well, I can't wait to get into it. Well, let's do that. Why don't you take us to our synopsises, as a matter of fact? Alan, let's do that. Well, I split this into two stories, an A and a B story. And I have my A story as Chris versus Ron, Burger Battle. Very nice. Acting city manager Chris enacts a new health initiative and bans red meat from the commissary. No. Upset by this. I know it's never going to turn out well. No. Upset by this, Ron challenges Chris to a burger cook-off for the soul of Pawnee. Uh, later that day in the courtyard, uh, cow versus turkey essentially is what it comes down to, with red meat staying on the commissary menu if Ron wins. Chris meticulously gathers ingredients literally for the perfect turkey burger from his favorite health food market grain and simple while ron simply buys a pound of red meat from food and stuff what will happen will the commissary be allowed to serve red meat can chris's turkey burger wow the judges with its umami flavor does ron allow ketchup on his burger who will win the cook-off stay tuned to find out dot 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 very nice yeah and you had a B story as well, correct? I did. So did the judges. Nice job. Oh. No controversy this my week. My goodness. Thank goodness. All right. You can't really afford any more. Very no, disappointed that I am on yeah. thin ice, man. Yeah. All right. So I had the B story as uh, the douche vestigation. Leslie invites Ben to dinner, but is surprised when he turns her down. Anne tells Leslie to forget about Ben and join HoosierMate.com. Leslie agrees and Anne helps her with a profile. Leslie finds a very strong match, but is horrified and confused to discover, bum, 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 it's Tom Haverford. Ah! 
Trying to understand how in the hell this match happened, she takes <laughs> Tom out to lunch to ask him questions, and after several chauvinistic, worthless, annoying answers, she tells him they matched on HoosierMate.com, resulting in a lot of relentless teasing by Tom the rest of the day, pretending they're a couple. Oh... How will this turn out? Why did Ben turn Leslie down? How in the world did Tom ever match with Leslie? Does Tom ever stop his teasing? Or does Leslie kill him to death? Stick around. <laughs> all will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. I'm so glad you said that because I was about to insert that if you didn't. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it's very close. Yeah. Well, nice job on the synopsises, Mark. How about our AKAs? Should we get into those real quick? Let's get into the AKAs. There are a lot of good ones to choose from. I have uh, two. I uh, I guess they are each from a, a story, a different one of the, my stories. Uh, my stories, the A story, the B story. <laughs> um, so I have one as th there's a certain point where Tom is going through a, a list of his personal names that he has for food and drink items. And one in particular just cracked me up, even though they're all really good. And it's his name for chicken Parmesan, which he calls, and this is my AKA, Chicky Chicky Parm Parm. Very nice. There you go. And then my other AKA, which... <laughs> I think I like this because of Ron Swanson's delivery and the absurdity of the scene. He's buying stuff from food and stuff. And the cashier at some point says, OK, you know, will this be it? And he says, yep, my AKA, just the crows and the beef, <laughs> which we'll get into later. <laughs> we'll but it, into it just cracks me up. What do you have? You know, I, I wasn't too inspired by the Leslie storyline to come up with a great AKA, but I did choose one from the other storyline. And it is just so simple. Uh, turkey can never beat cow, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. And as a vegetarian, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we get into the breakdown, Mark? Yes. Let's get into the breakdown. Well, I think as I understand it, Mark, you are actually going to kick us off with the cold open today. And I think we're starting off at some sort of toilet party. <laughs> oh, you got that memo, too. Yeah. No, it's not exactly that. So here's I'll, I'll dovetail into what that means. Um, so the cold open we have uh, at City Hall. And I think this is uh, the press. I had this as the press conference room. This is where Paul Iresco had his yeah. heart attack. Yeah. And the awkward grab. Yes. And the, and the awkward nope group. Um, they should have called that nope group gate. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they should have a missed opportunity. I'm trying to get that to catch on. It might be a little late. So Chris is meeting with all the department heads, which Paul used to do from time to time. Right. And is telling them about a health initiative he is implementing. And he asks everybody to start thinking about ideas to eventually bring up and pitch. Well, after the meeting, Joe from Sewage, a.k.a. Sewage Joe. That's what I call him. Um, Sewage Joe uh, obnoxiously hits on Leslie right in front of Ben, I might add, who's who's kind of standing a little bit behind Leslie and yeah. kind of looking on. You know, he notices, too. He, he certainly does. Um, Leslie gives Sewage Joe a series of looks, which I interpreted as frowny, confused amusement. And we're going to see this theme, I think, continue in this episode. Um well, Ben's non-confrontational, so I think that's his initial reaction to everything. That that's right, that's right. But but Leslie in particular is is has a, some frowny, confused amu amusement. That's true. Um, and and so she turns down his gracious invitation to come on down to the toilet party, which you know, <laughs> Alan, that may have been where you got confused. Uh, that's what they call the sewage department. Oh, so, okay, yeah. Now it's all clear. Yeah. 
Well, Mark, following that, I think we're outside the Pawnee Government Center building, and we open on Chris Traeger doing kind of a, a pre-run workout when Ron approaches him with some concerns about the commissary, given this new, quote, health direction, or Ron calls it the health crusade from hell, or at least that's what I heard in my head. I think you're, you're, you're spot on. I, I wasn't sure what sort of exercise routine Chris was doing. It could have been a pre-run workout or could have been a pre-run workout workout. Um, Chris is always running. So any workout he does is technically a pre-run workout. But I think here he's technically doing probably tricep dips. I yes. think that's what somebody told me. Somebody smart who does actual exercise. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. So he's doing these, the way you call them, their tricep dips there yeah, yeah. on the park bench outside. And Ron approaches Chris and says... You know, the only thing worthwhile in my life here at my drudgery, this job I'm in, is I get to eat a hamburger every single day for the last 12 years from the that their commissary. And uh, your nutty little thing here isn't going to affect that. And Chris says, oh, yeah, absolutely. Red red meat's out. You know, it's artery clogging and it's, it's horrible and they're gone. <laughs> and Ron, as you can expect, is not real happy about this. And I think Chris actually tries to pacify him and says, you know what? I, have you ever had a turkey burger? I mean, I, I can make a turkey burger that tastes better than any burger you've ever had. And Ron, you know, <laughs> challenge accepted. So he suggests <laughs> that they have bum, 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 a cook off later that day. And, and if he wins, burgers stay on the commissary menu. There you go. Well, I like too that, you know, and Chris says, well, what will I get if I win? And he says, <laughs> well, the rarest jewel of all victory over me, Ron Swanson. So. Pretty nice. I, I like that because Ron says that with confidence, like that he really means it. And as someone else may be like, pull the other one. And, yeah. and yet Chris is like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> so he, he I, sucks I think it Chris, right in. He sees the intrinsic value in what Ron's putting down there. Yep, we're yeah, on. So absolutely. it's on, baby. Well, Mark, I really been scratching my head to figure out what's more awkward than getting thrown out of a snow globe museum. And, and then I realized, oh, it's this conversation between Ben and Leslie in the hallway. Yeah, they they summoned a little bit of cringe. Let's let's see. Let's see how this turns out. Yeah. So <laughs> at City Hall, we Leslie and Ben are having one of them. their walk and talks that we've talked about before. Yes. Usually not while walking when we talk about it. But um, they're discussing, as you said, a snow globe museum. I think Leslie had suggested one and then Ben went. And then they got mad at him because on account of he shakes him. And then Leslie's like, well, yeah, I'm not allowed back there <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I guess the temptation's too strong. But anyway, um, Ben suggests that they get together and talk about the health initiative uh, ideas. And Leslie's like, well, yeah, you know, we could get together later, you know, on the day or we could go <clears throat> go out after work. And Ben looks at her like kind of stunned for a few seconds. His mouth, I think the term is agape yeah. uh, before uh, turning her down. Like, I don't think I can, but you're awesome and your ideas are awesome. And this is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, um, what? Um, huh, uh, 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 it's uh, like his fight or fight kicked in and he doesn't know what to do. Or a turtle's trying to crawl out of his throat. I don't know what's happening here. And then and then Leslie's looking at him again with the frowny, amused confusion look that yeah. I think, again, this happens with yeah. so many people, usually men, because they're yeah. dumb. But and then he goes away and Leslie's just kind of looking at him like, what just happened? Yeah, she, she's not quite sure what's wrong with that boy. Yeah, me yeah, neither. We're, we're going to figure it out, though. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, we're in Leslie's office for a quick check-in with Anne on the dating scene. And uh, while they're at it, I think she's also going to check Leslie's cholesterol. Oh, dear. 
Well, yeah, we see Leslie in her office and she's just kind of sitting at her desk and Anne comes by to visit her and she's Anne saying goodbye to one of her many boy toys um, at the entrance to Leslie's office, you know. And uh, as you said, Anne brought a cholesterol testing kit and they're going to do the thing there. So Leslie uh, starts talking to Anne and she rolls up her sleeves so she can do the thing. And while Anne preps to do the test, Leslie mentions, yeah, by the way, I asked Ben out. He said no. And this really surprises Anne because she thought that Ben was really into her, as I think Leslie did, too. Yeah. Um, and Anne tells her how much fun she's been having playing the field. And she offers to help Leslie set up an Internet dating profile. And Leslie seems hesitant, but finally agrees to it. Yeah, I, there are a couple of great lines in this sequence, Mark, um, you know, and expressions that I intend to use uh, on a daily basis going forward. First of all, would be crap on a crayfish. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorites. But yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that Anne has transitioned out of her, her you know, missing Chris. She's moving on. And I think she's just suggesting to Leslie that maybe she needs to kind of do the same thing here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I really like uh, the end of this, too, because Leslie is really cringing as far as like what this needle is going to feel like. Yeah. And then, you know, oh she God. keeps she keeps on thinking it happened and it didn't. It finally ends like, no, sit down and we need to do this. And she just goes, <gasps> bleep you, Ann. <laughs> and I forgot about that. And if I had been drinking something when I watched that, spit I would have spit take for yeah. sure. Yeah, I almost had spit take theater as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny, funny scene. Well, over in Ron's office, April continues to prove, much to Ron's delight, to be the worst assistant ever. Yeah. She gives him a phone message. Who's is, who's Forp? I don't know. <laughs> well, what's the phone number? I don't know. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Crumples it up. <laughs> Chris and Andy enter uh, Ron's office as well then. And Chris mentions that he's going to his favorite health food store, Grain and Simple, over in Snurling. Which I think yeah. is about a 40 minute drive. Just a 40 minute drive. Just a 40 minute drive to, uh, I'm surprised he's not running there, to <laughs> collect the ingredients that he needs for his turkey burger. And he asks Ron and April if they want to come. And apparently Andy is pumped about going because he wants to get healthier snacks for the shoe shine stand. And, you know, on account of Chris is a food genius. Clearly. Yep. Yeah, Mark, I don't know if you knew this, but food turns into energy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Andy demonstrates, <laughs> you know, front front standing kick. That's a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, that's spaghetti. Oh, too funny. <laughs> Nachos. And April just kind of looks at the camera. That's my husband. Uh, so good. Well, following that, Mark, and before we head off to Snurling, Anne returns a short while later. She's ready to play an electronic Christian de Nolivet to Leslie's Cyrano de Bergerac, in case you weren't paying attention, which I guess means that the Phantom of the Opera is Leslie's Roxanne. I found it all very confusing. Yeah, I thought exactly the things that you just said in that <laughs> rough order. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so what happened in my world is that Anne came to oh, see you mean reality. Yeah. In reality yeah. on when those names don't happen, um, later that day, uh, as you said, Anne comes back and, and, uh, apparently she says goodbye to boy toy number two. It's at least the second guy she's kissed so far in this episode. I know. Or I don't know if she's kissing them, but they're leaning down to kiss her. So something's yeah. going on there. So they go into Leslie's office and Anne starts working on Leslie's profile on the website we alluded to before. Yeah. Hoosiermate.com. And the, the rest of the scene involves Anne asking Leslie various questions and Actually, you know what? Let's have Constantine play this uh, Q&A clip between them. Yeah, we'll see why Cyrano is relevant, I think, right here. Yes. 
See you tomorrow. Okay. Is that a different guy from earlier? What? Never mind. You ready to rock this profile? All right. Yellow-haired female. Likes waffles and news. Sexy, well-read blonde. Loves the sweeter things in life. Much better. Hobbies. Organizing my agenda. Wait, that doesn't sound fun. Um, Jamming on my planner. (laughs) Favorite place. Upstairs, there's this mural of wildflowers, and I like to sit on a bench in front of it. Really? It could be anywhere in the world. Paris, Hawaii, the Grand Canyon. Nope, just the bench in front of the mural. What about like an actual meadow where wildflowers are? Ew, Anne, I'm scared of bees. Mural. (laughs) Okay, what do you think of dogs? Love. Cats? Love. Fish? Love. Turtles? No opinion. What? They're condescending. (laughs) Describe your ideal man. He's dark and mysterious, and he can sing, and he plays the organ. I think you just described the Phantom of the Opera. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The writing in that scene is so good. It's pretty freaking good, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You described the Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Turtles, condescending bastards. mm. And she said she didn't have an opinion on turtles, Mark. I think she was lying. Yeah, I think she was, too. Well, after this, April, Andy, Chris, and Ron arrive at the Green and Simple and Beautiful Snurling. And I think for Ron, this is kind of all about widening his horizons, much like you and I would at a museum, for example, Mark. Or a zoo. Or a zoo. Or yes. a zoo. Yeah. They they get to the, the aforementioned Green and Simple. Uh, Chris enters and is followed by, you know, Andy and April and Ron. And in typical Chris fashion, he greets everyone cheerfully by first name and they greet him. They clearly all know him like he's Norm from Cheers or something. I love it. Um, Ron has a, a short little talking head here where he tells us in case we, the audience, was worried like, no, no, he's not buying anything here. He went to Grain and Simple for the same reason that people go to the zoo. <laughs> then he goes, shh. Look at that thing. And it's a guy. It's like a Rastafarian guy. A hippie looking guy. And he's filling filling a bag with some kind of grain from a barrel. And and he looks back at the camera. Nature is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, back at the parks department, you know, HAL 9000 has finished his computations and it looks like we have a 98% match for the future Mr. Leslie Nope. I'm sorry. I can't do that, Alan. (laughs) I mean, yes, you're right. Um, Yeah. We hear Anne hit the return key and then she goes and she tells Leslie, oh, my gosh, you're, you know, the profile that we just created for you with all this awesome sauce stuff that we put in there. You've got a 98 percent match, a.k.a. a soulmate level match. That's our title. Get get the meaning is soulmate there. Um, And and Anne is clearly excited. And even Leslie is kind of curious, I think, like as to what this might mean. I think she's nervous, too. Until they click on the profile to reveal Mr. Tom N. Haverford. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I don't know what went wrong here, Mark, but clearly some miscalculation has occurred on the HoosierMate.com website. Well, Alan, I own a computer, so I'm an expert. Oh, sure. And and what happens is there's bits and there's bytes. Did they get the bits right or the bytes wrong? No, it just they 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 dropped them on the floor and they got jumbled. That's usually what happens. They switched all the ones and zeros. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, it, I remember back in my day, Alan, you would program with using only zeros. 
it was tough. That sounds really tough. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank God we got those ones later. Back in what, <laughs> they're, eight? They're a lifesaver. And then I think to, to end this scene, so Leslie's mad, as you might expect. Yeah. <laughs> and she calls uh, the customer service line. I guess they have one for Hoosier8.com. Sure, and, Craig and answers. Craig was lucky enough to draw the short straw to talk to a very <laughs> mad Leslie. And I'll, I'll sum it up like this. Leslie, your service is crap. <laughs> Craig. Well, we have a sophisticated algorithm to match people. I actually met my wife through the service. Leslie, <laughs> your marriage is a sham and will not last. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, apparently Leslie is so upset. She's decided to take her coffee and meet Ann over in the mailroom across the courtyard because apparently the parks department is out of coffee. Oh, my gosh. But I think they at least both agree that something's amiss and it's time for some sort of uh, douche investigation. <laughs> that was the title of my uh, B story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell what room. I had it as a break room. Was it the mail room? This is the mail room slash, hey, let's look at the media coverage of Leslie room. <laughs> oh, We've been yeah. here before. Yeah, we have. You're right. It's one of those random moments where why are we in this room? I don't know. This is kind Change of a things. multi-purpose room, I guess. Yeah, who, who let's knows? call it that. So, yeah, they're in the, the romper room. Mark. They're they're in this that romper room, as Alan said. <laughs> and um, Anne is saying goodbye to boy toy number three. Holy yeah. Cow, I, I'm going to need a spreadsheet in here in a second just to keep track. So she says goodbye and then she comes in and she sits down with Leslie and Leslie vents to Anne how frustrated she is. That first sewage Joe and then Mr. Tom and Haverford. What, what, what the hell? What is going on? Like, why is it that douchey guys only douchey guys, I should say, seem to be into her? Yeah. And Anne says, look, 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 there's nothing wrong with you. You're awesome. You know, you're 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 attractive and you're smart and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, Leslie decides to figure out, well, what what am I putting down that they're picking up? Yeah. You know, so she's going to only douchey guys are into me. So she's going to start as she calls it a douche investigation. Well, I think the first stop on this tour, Mark, is the toilet party department. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've personally been married for a long time, so I'm kind of wondering what a modern single guy really looks for in a woman these days, Mark. Well, you know, the first thing that that we see is we see uh, Sewage Joe. He's sitting down at his desk. He's actually got a shirt and tie on, yeah. which kind of surprised me a little. I don't nice know today. why I didn't, yeah. didn't picture him with that. Played by the amazing Kirk Fox. Yes. 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 So funny. Um, and he's reading uh, another person that, that was, is, he, we like to hate. Um, he's reading a house and style magazine and saying something like, oh, nice, yeah. which I don't know what that means. Apparently I, it has I a centerfold. I don't want, I'm just la 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 la. I don't want to know. And <laughs> it's um, the kitchen cabinets, Mark. They're very sexy this if, season. If you notice though, while he's reading this magazine, the shot of him, if you look down on his desk, he has a paperweight made of dog poop. <laughs> I missed it. Did you see? I mean, no, I missed it. Take a look. It's. I uh, hope it. I hope it's not the real thing. Uh, so anyway, so Leslie comes in and says, "Hey, uh, you know," and and Joe makes further advances because you know, hey, he's <laughs> sewage <laughs> Joe. And Leslie fends off his advances like you're ridiculous and says, "No, really, seriously, like what? What do you look for in a woman?" And he says, "He, he has three qualifications. They are a. Yeah. She cannot be in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's one. B." No canes. Well, sure. It's, That's all right. Clear number two. Yeah. Whatever. And then C, no gray hair. <laughs> he set the bar pretty low, but you know. Maybe. Whatever. So basically, he, he's just looking for someone who's not elderly. He not, yeah. Leslie is not an elderly person. So therefore, va-va-voom. Yup. 
Well, and as he aforementioned, she has a killer dumpster. So, yeah. <laughs> Boy, this episode, I'll tell you what. He's still got it. He does have it as much as he ever had anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, back at Green and Simple, Chris and Andy are shopping and we get a reminder of exactly how much of a man-child Andy actually is. And Ron gets introduced to the most unholy of meat substitutes. Worse than portobello mushrooms? Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. So the 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 first little uh, you call them vignettes, I guess. Um, the first little vignette. Uh, Chris is pushing a shopping cart. So we have the Chris Andy combo. Yeah, right. Which is a great combo. It's a great combo. They're very positive. Very the, positive. Half of it is a little doofy, you know, <laughs> but but you know, lovable. Yeah, sure. So the Chris Andy combo. Chris is pushing a shopping cart, and Andy's kind of walking behind him, and he's taking in everything. Wow, you know, and. They pass by a counter that has a number of serve yourself coffee bean dispensers. And Andy's like, huh, this is weird. What does this do? <laughs> he pushes down on the lever of one of the coffee bean dispensers and just and beans come just pouring out. And he just looks at it. Like, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> and then it's like completely empty. And there's this huge, huge mound of coffee beans underneath. And Chris just looks. And this is the closest that I've ever seen to Chris getting a little teed off. Yeah. He looks at it and just and just, and just walks away. And then continues pushing the shopping cart. And Andy <laughs> just stands there dumbfounded, like looking into the middle distance. Like, I don't know what just happened. Oh, I love it. He's such an idiot. Um, The second little vignette. Is uh, the Ron and April combo oh, another good combo? Yeah, uh, not quite so upbeat and optimistic, you might say. More dour, and you know, it's a, it's, it's a paired matching. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is that. So Ron and April are talking to a store employee, offering free samples of <sighs> <laughs> vegan bacon. It's delicious. Uh, I said it. You said it. Yeah. You don't. You don't really think that. You don't really think that you Look, can, you can be honest. I, I don't remember what bacon tastes like. It's been a long time. <sighs> that makes that makes me cry inside where I shouldn't have moisture. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm sorry. Back to the scene. Uh -huh. um, so the guy says, "Hey, you want some vegan bacon?" And I figure Ron will punch him or run yeah, or something, but he, does, face he doesn't though. No. Iran says, yes, please. And he accepts a strip of vegan bacon from the employee, throws it directly in the nearby trash can <laughs> and asks for another, another please. And so now the employees, he's looking around, he's confused. Like he doesn't know what's going on. So he goes, I, all right, maybe that one was dirty or had a bug on it or something. I and mean, that's protein. And so Ron, he gives Ron another strip of vegan bacon and he takes it and he throws it directly in the nearby trash can. And then he's when he asks what's going on, Ron says, I'm just making sure no one ever has to eat this. <laughs> and the employee goes, I mean, what do you do at this point? The employee says, I don't know. I don't think I can't give you any more vegan bacon, man. I don't know about this. And April pipes up. Oh, I want one. And the employee kind of smiles and yeah. hands her a piece of vegan bacon. She immediately throws it right in the trash right can, in the trash. looks right at Ron. Ron looks at April. They both smile. He's so proud. I, it's like I, a proud papa moment. I love this scene. It's short and it's deceptively powerful because A, April has Ron's back no matter what. And B, Ron, I agree with you. I think he's got to be bursting with pride that like April followed his suit perfectly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. Oh, uh, 
Well, back at the office, and much like Ron's observation of the hippies at Green and Simple, Leslie is observing Tom very closely, I, I think with the intent of answering just the simple question of why. Yes. <laughs> Leslie and Tom are in their shared office, and they're each at their desks. Tom is on the phone with, I don't know, some company. Apparently, he purchased some ridiculous eye cream yeah. that I don't know. And so he's- It smells terrible. And he's- doing silly, silly Tom complaining about it. The eye cream smells terrible. And I mixed it with another one. It's still, I don't know. I can't keep up with his shenanigans. <laughs> and then they eventually put him on hold. He's singing along, you know, forever young. And Leslie, during all this, Leslie's sitting at her desk and she's not doing anything. She's not no. typing at the computer. She's leaning forward on her elbows, kind of looking at Tom with the with the frowny, amused confusion that we keep seeing. It's like she can't quite believe that the world around her is unfolding the way that it is. And, and like you said, I think she's trying to figure out what sort of demented HAL 9000 algorithm would <laughs> pair them up. But I think that she's logical at heart and I think she's trying to kind of see this through. Yeah, she's got to be missing something, I think, is the look on her face. Yes. You're right. But I she mean, didn't yeah. know what it is at this point. No, not even close. Nope. Not yet. Well, back at Grain and Simple, we learn Chris's all-time favorite food is. Back at Grain and Simple, we were, we learn what Chris's all-time favorite food is. And that Andy is basically a candy sommelier, Mark. Um, that is a thing that I thought, too, that the word you said. I know that I'm word. i get you a dictionary. Uh, look, I know that word, too. You can't prove I don't. Um, but could, could we get a good dictionary in here at the brick? Um, so, again, the Andy-Chris combo, right? Which yeah. I really, really yeah. like here. And, and Andy is like a kid in a, well... Not not a not a, a market. not a candy store, but I don't know what the analog would be. And yeah. but he's asking about it like he's in third grade. What's this thing? You know, what's this piece of fruit? And Chris is enduring it very patiently. Kind of, he's clearly yeah. in like the parent role here. Yeah, you know, yeah. for for Andy. Yeah, and um, which is pretty funny. And then, as you said, they kind of tell each other what their favorite foods are. For Chris, it is fresh lettuce. Sure. For Andy, <laughs> he takes Skittles mm -hmm. and puts them between two Starbursts. Well, of course. And that is his favorite food. What do you call it? Well. A Skittle sandwich? That That's pretty good. And that <laughs> that should be what he called it. And it, no, he calls it Andy's mouth surprise. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Uh, I call shenanigans <clears throat> on Chris having a favorite food. Because he's so positive. Oh, yeah. I think that you could put... A apple in front of him. And that's he his favorite would, food. It, it, be, because at that moment, I think it yeah. is. Well, because he appreciates what's in front of him. And that's that's Chris's way of, of kind of going through life, actually. See, do you think he's a liar? I don't think he's a liar. I think he's he's contextual. Oh, that's such a- You know what that means? You're you so, so, <laughs> let's just say I do. No, that that is such a good answer. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I love Mark, too, that, you know- at first, the fruits in, in, in Andy's defense were a little exotic. Like one's a dragon fruit and the other one's a kiwano, which is like a horned melon. No, I, no, frankly, no, I didn't know what that was either. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, the third one's just a peach, though. <laughs> like Andy's never seen a peach. A what? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what that one is. Uh, so good. That's the one that gets uh, moldy because I don't eat it. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got a pit inside, too. That's, oh, my God. That would explain so much. It okay. all leads back to the pit, Mark. <laughs> 
I just, I have to, I have to get up or something. You just blew my mind. Stop that. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, Leslie's getting nowhere with this simple observation uh, approach and, and finally decides to take Tom to lunch to figure out what really makes him tick. And apparently, Mark, it's Zertz. Uh, among other things. Yeah, this and I'm going to keep on referring back to it just because it makes me laugh. This frowny, confused, amused, disbelief look that Leslie keeps on giving him is is continuing because she cannot for the life of her figure out what is going on. And Tom's still on hold with this ridiculous eye cream company, blah, blah, blah. And he's singing along to the ridiculous music. And finally, Leslie gives in to her curiosity and says, Tom, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> my, my treat. And and. Tom agrees once Leslie tells him that he can get as many apps and zerts, which is what he calls desserts, um, as he wants. As a matter of fact, Tom has a lot of other names for a lot of other food and drink products. And why don't we have Constantine play this? This is pretty funny. I think that's a great idea, Mark. Constantine, hit it. Uh, no, I don't really feel like going to JJ's. We can go anywhere. Your choice. I'm, I'm buying. Can I get apps and zerts? Zerts are what I call desserts. Tray trays or entrees. I call sandwiches, Sammy's, Sanduzzles, or Adam Sandler's. Air conditioners are cool blasters with a Z. I don't know where that came from. I call cakes, big old cookies. I call noodles, long ass rice. Fried chicken is fry fry, chicky chick. Chicken parm is chicky chicky parm parm. parm. Chicken cacciatore, chicky catch. I call eggs, pre-birds or future birds. Root beer is super water. Tortillas are bean blankies. And I call forks, food rakes, yeah, you can get as many desserts as you want. Well, let's get in my go-go-mobile car. Car. <laughs> There's something so funny about the fact that his names, they aren't abbreviations by any stretch. They're, they're, really. they're usually longer than the thing that they're replacing. Yeah, th- that's true. I don't think he's really saving any time. No, I don't think he is either. Yeah. Well, Leslie and Tom are seated at a local seafood and steak establishment, Mark. And, and this may be the first time that Leslie has ever tried to get to know Tom. So they're, they're going to try a classic get to know you game. Yeah. Yeah. We, like you said, we see this outside shot of a, of a steak and seafood restaurant. And I don't have, think- Have we ever been here before? I don't think that we have ever been here. Not There's that like I can tell. There's a big R in an oval- and steaks and seafood. I've decided this place is called Ralph's. Is that what you decided? All well, right. Sure. I mean, it's the fanciest restaurant in Pawnee, so Ralph's. Well, counselor, we have no evidence to the contrary, so we're going to go with your uh, assessment. Uh, yes. Fair enough. Um, Leslie and Tom are at <clears throat> Ralph's, and <laughs> Leslie is clearly trying to get inside Tom's head. One would think to see if there's any logic as to why they would be paired up. And Actually, you know what, Constantine, buddy, I know you're getting tired. Can we have you play this clip? This will be fun. Let's say you rub a bottle and a genie comes out and gives you three wishes. What would those wishes be? Come on, Leslie. This will be a fun game. Three wishes. Go. Okay. First wish, I have a huge house with a ton of balconies. Sure. Yeah, okay. And I would just stand out there and serve in my empire like a drug dealer in a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. And I will just spend my time out there reading my iPad and drinking espressos in a terry cloth robe. <laughs> Wish number two. Okay. I'm the CEO of the Spike TV Network. Mm -hmm. And my best friend slash personal assistant is Oscar winner, Jamie Foxx. Naturally. And we create a raunchy animated series based on our friendship called Tommy and the Fox. (laughs) Okay. We don't have to do this anymore. No, no. I'm into it now. Wish number three. They remake Point Break. I play both roles, Keanu and Swayze. 
you know, Leslie still has that look on her face the whole time, Mark. She the, can't get rid of it. The whole frowny, amused, confusion look, it, it remains because she's not getting the detail she needs to make it go away. Like maybe she needs a salve or something, but she didn't know what the hell the computer's thinking. I don't know if they make a cream that makes Tom go away. I think if they did, they could probably sell it to a few people, though. I, I think they could. Well, over at the Grain and Simple in beautiful Snurling, yep. it's now time for the gang to check out. And while Ron really hasn't chosen much to purchase, Andy's going to have a tough decision here. Oh, my gosh. It's like a Sophie's choice, but 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 <laughs> just like but it. dumb. Um, yeah. Chris is checking out and he's talking with the cashier because, you know, he knows her personally. And, you know, of course, why wouldn't he? Because he's Chris and he's awesome. Sure, sure. And and he's he has all his perfect, meticulously gathered ingredients for his turkey burger. And he looks over and he sees Ron sitting on a bench at the front of the store with no ingredients in his arms. And Chris asks, what's wrong? Are you OK? Are you in pain? Do you need help? Can you move? And Ron's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I'm good. <laughs> and before Chris can pursue this line of questioning any further, we see Andy running up to the cash register carrying various items like an and, of stuff. and a pinwheel. And he says, Chris, Chris, can I get these? And again, playing the parent role, I said one, one thing. thing and Andy immediately <laughs> turns to April, honey. Pinwheel done. <laughs> and Andy smiles and he like takes all the other stuff in his arms and just throws them away somewhere and hands the cashier the pinwheel. Wow. Well, back at Ralph's Mark, uh, <laughs> the three wishes game, having not gone as well as she would have liked. I think Leslie's going to try one more time with a slightly different game designed to check her uh, their true compatibility. I agree. She has not given up yet. This yet. this frowny, amused confusion has to go away at some point. And um, you know what? Let's have Constantine play this one, too. We're going to have him earn his money today. Constantine is really get, going through it today. I know. Let's play a different game. I'm going to say stuff about me, and you say on a scale from 1 to 10 how interested in that thing you are. Ready? Okay. I love sunshine and fresh air and early morning walks. One. I've read five biographies of Eleanor Roosevelt. One. I work at the Parks and Recreation. One. That's what you do. One. <laughs> I once kissed a girl in college. Eight. Where I graduated summa cum laude in history. One. Zero. Negative a billion. <laughs> don't talk about it anymore, please. I don't know, Mark. We still still have no clue here. Game number two backfired just like the first one. Oi. Well, up until now, we've had to take Ron at his word on how awesome food and stuff really is. But but now I think we're going to finally get to see it for ourselves. That's right. The, this scene opens with an, outshot, an outside shot of the food and stuff uh, domicile. And we hear a satisfied Ron talking head about uh, how much he loves food and stuff. So basically, it can be summed up by him saying, it's where I buy all of my food and most of my stuff. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need there? <laughs> Pretty much says it all. There is some some really nice symmetry here, um, just like we saw at Grain and Simple. Now, we're, as you said, we're at food and stuff, and now it's Ron's turn. He's shopping, and he goes to the uh, refrigerator section, and he picks up a couple of packages of ground beef, 50% off, no less, no, and right. goes up to the cash register and gets ready to check out. Those are his ingredients. Like Andy back at the Grain and Simple, April walks up saying, hey, can I get these? <laughs> but instead of a pinwheel like Andy, she chose two dead and stuffed crows <laughs> like taxidermy <laughs> style. So a little different. Um, 
<laughs> and you would think that if I, that was me, I would be like, what are you crazy? Like, yeah. no, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you drunk. You don't get to you don't just buy crows on a whim. And instead, Ron glances at them, says, how much are they? Two bucks a piece considers for a second. Good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Because, <laughs> you know, you get the opportunity to get taxidermy crows for $2 a piece. You, you take it. You go with it, Mark. You so, have to. So April throws these crows right on the top of the ground beef on the counter there. <laughs> and, and the cashier is just trying to be attentive and pleasant, you know. Uh -huh. And the cashier says, anything else? My AKA. Nope. Just the crows and the beef. <laughs> it really is food and stuff. It Holy really cow. Is. Well, Mark, I think they missed a huge opportunity here. I do love the symmetry too, by the way. I think that's a great call out of the, the two, you know, we got Papa Chris and Papa Ron right. and their two children. But, um, you know, Mark, he only, he considered a garden hose for a brief moment, but, you know, just kept going. The beef was enough, right? Yeah. And then, of course, the crows, you know, just because he loves April. Of course. But he could have bought lotto, money orders. Uh, use the ATM. They have a fax machine. This is all on the outside sign, by the way. Liquor, beer, wine, uh, apparently Mexican food, and then some sort of made-to-order breakfast. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's, that, that's a lot of stuff. Like, why would you ever leave? Yeah, I'd want to live there. <laughs> well, back at the restaurant and with none of the other approaches having helped crack the code of HoosierMates.com's algorithm, Leslie finally just tries dropping a truth bomb. I right. mean, what, what could possibly go wrong, Mark? I mean, Tom will probably be very adult about this, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we just have Constantine play this clip? Yup. Constantine, one more, please. So the only thing that's important to you is hotness. Wendy, Lucy, all you cared about was the shape of their boobs? No, I really like them and they happen to have nice breasts. You're acting really weird. What did you even buy me lunch for? Just so you could yell at me for what I like about women? Okay, promise not to tell anyone. Sure. This is insane, but you and I got matched up on whosyourmate.com. Don't. 98% match. <laughs> Soulmate level match. There it is. <laughs> you want to date me? This is a date. This is not a date, okay? Uh, you took me to a fancy restaurant, you paid for my meal, and you're trying to get to know me better. Yep. I was just trying to figure out why only sleazy guys are into me right now. Nice try. You love me. <laughs> Leslie, no, Tom, have referred. Dating in the day, dating in the night. Dating all day, cause he's keeping it tight. All right, Tom, enough. Dating in the car, dating on the floor. Dating everywhere, cause she wants some more. Mm, what? Yeah, mm, always on a, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. I have a new ringtone. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Can almost use it in public, too. Well... You know, this was a visual, but it, it, it's worthwhile to point out. We just got one of the biggest open mouth grin OMG oh, moments yeah. there when he finally 98% match. Bing! <laughs> Turns right to the camera. He knows at that moment what's up finally. Oh, and I think he knows what's on his agenda for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. No, his day is now pre-planned for Yolk. him. You're exactly right. Well, Mark, back at the Parks Department and speaking of keeping it mature and not giving in to juvenile teasing, Leslie and Tom are hard at work on the health initiative, or at least one of them is. That's right. Yeah. So once again, they're in their shared office and they're working at their computers. And Leslie is working on the health initiative type stuff. And she actually sent some stuff to the printer. Tom, is, she asked Tom to pick it up and Tom says, yeah, just a minute on account of I am looking at some real estate listings. Oh, Les, 
Les, this is perfect for us. Three bedroom and oh, oh God, God, it has that dream closet you've always wanted. A walk-in closet. Ooh. And she is starting to get mad. It's a good thing there's not a shovel nearby. And then he like turns it up to 11. Oh, hey, hey, boo, what's wrong? What's wrong? Where'd you go? Come back to me. Come back to me. Like she's going to punch him something fierce. Oh, I want to help her. And then and then this goes right to make things worse. Um, I think Leslie was printing off those health tip type things for a, a, a discussion that Ben is leading with the gang yeah, in one of the conference, the conference rooms. Room, right. And Tom just continues <sighs> this fawning over Leslie in this ridiculous over the top fashion and just looking at her dreamily. And he's sitting right by her. So his big old Tom face is like right by hers. And in spite of this, Leslie manages to, you know, play it cool and just ignore him, ignore him, ignore him. Instead, she's giving ideas for health tips, which is what she's there to do. Um, you know, get your heart rate up, that sort of thing. Until Tom says, you know what else gets people's heart rate up? Doing it. Talking about sex with my boss. Ugh. And Leslie That's is it. perfectly motionless for a few seconds and then says, can you excuse us for a second? And then grabs Tom and manhandles him out of the room. And he's squealing. Oh, wait for me to get out of the chair. Doesn't she pretty much grab him by his ear? This whole episode is kind of like parenting children. It totally the is. old fashioned way. Yes. That's a great point. Yes. And so, and, and so, you know, despite how pissed she is right now, so they're out in the hallway now. And despite how pissed Leslie is, he attempts to keep up the charade like Leslie it's the workplace. You're being a little bit too feisty right now. You know, it's we're dating now. Yeah. And and then Leslie, completely fed up, grabs Tom and just kisses him and annoyed just to shut him up. And yep. he stands there like stunned. And she says, you know, you should be so lucky and then starts to walk off and sees Chris right there. Of course. Who just witnessed this. Um, and And so. I think panicking a little bit, maybe she's a little confused. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Leslie looks over to her right, sees the fire alarm. Well, sure, yeah. Thinks in her little Leslie head, I should pull this. Yes. That'll make it better. Uh -huh. Pulls the fire alarm. Nothing happens. Clearly, uh -huh. they need to fix that. <laughs> I'm not sure they're up to code, one, Mark. And two, I, I if I was Leslie, I would have punched him much sooner. Oh, yeah. And I think the kiss is honestly as much as anything, uh, one, like you said, to shut him up. But two, I think she's just desperate to see, is there any chemistry here at all? Because 98%, Mark. Yeah. Computers don't lie. No. I mean, especially when they got both ones and zeros. If you have both of those, it's impossible to lie. <laughs> Those are the statistics I've heard from a computer. But it's not impossible for them to come back and take over the world. Cyberdyne, I'm just saying. Well, you know. First, it's whosyourmate.com, then it's Cyberdyne. Or an off-brand. Because even the, the megalomaniacal computers have competitors. Well, that's true. Like uh, Waldine or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. They, they can't use that name. They lost the rights in the lawsuit. <laughs> well, we'll see. Wait till their computer lawyers hear about this. There you go. They got ones and zeros lined up, buddy. Well, in Chris's office, Chris is explaining to Leslie about his strict protocols on office etiquette and obviously technically garnish etiquette as well, Mark. <laughs> he is a multitasker. He really is. Yeah. Leslie's Leslie's with Chris in his office and he's clearly working on his meal for the upcoming cook off, doing something with cucumbers, I think. Yeah. Um, Leslie tells him that, look, what you just saw, it was, it was a joke. It is not serious at all. But- Chris 
tells her nicely and politely but firmly that he has a very strict policy. No office relationships, period. And if she can't keep her mouth to herself, he'll have to <laughs> suspend her. And and Leslie said she, you know, she understood without much heat. I don't think anyone was angry in, no. in this scene. Chris was just kind of saying, hey, you know, just making sure we're on the same page. Just a little bit of a warning. So, you know, not a big deal. Well, the rest of the gang minus Ron is still gathered in the conference room and wrapping up when Ben decides to check in with Tom on that quote, stuff with Leslie. Yeah, they finish up the health tips meeting. Everybody gets up to leave. But Ben kind of goes up to Tom and says, hey, what what uh, what was going on between you and Leslie? And Classic Tom. Tom. And, and, and Tom tries to play it cool at first. But, you know, Ben just kind of stares him down like whatever, you know, and he finally admits. All right. All right. We got me and Leslie got matched up on an online dating site. And, you know, I was messing with her and she got pissed and then she kissed me out of revenge, which I think stuns Ben a little bit like, oh, r- really? Um, and then to make <laughs> to make things worse, Tom, <laughs> Tom tries to go into detail about but You know, she knew what she was doing, like and, and like a really good kisser. And Ben is like, oh, OK, I'm just going to squeeze by. You. I'm just going to go because I don't want to hear this. And Tom's like, yeah, let me come with you. <laughs> He can't take a hint. Yeah, I think Tom's initial response is, girl likes Indian food. (laughs) Come on. Come on, guy. Uh, I'm about done with Tom in this episode. Yup. Well, Mark, it's finally judgment time in the courtyard. And much like in the Highlander and in the order of our own species, there can only be one winner. The question is, will it be turkey or will it be cow? Mm, The burger battle is about to begin. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, Chris and Ron are having their head head cook Actually, off you here. know, the music I heard in my head was then in that scene between Kirk and Spock when they've got the, the thing. Yeah, that. That yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. That's yeah. pretty good. Thank you. Nice job. <laughs> so they're having their they're having that moment. And um, <laughs> while all that's going on, or I guess because that's going on, they have their judges there. And we finally see, because I didn't know who their judges were going to be until this very moment. And we see that there are four judges. There's Tom, Donna, Jerry, and Kyle. Uh, I guess he he's done having his shoes shine, yeah. you know, by Andy. So he got a break. He's got some free time there. Yeah. And so they're sitting at a table, and they're going to be the judges. And Andy and April are also outside witnessing all this, but they're not judges. Um, all right. I know Constantine's going to kill me for this, but let, let's have Constantine play this one more clip because this is just so, so good. Uh, what, Constantine asks, do you promise this is the last one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, Constantine. Just hit the button. Yeah. I humbly place before you my East Meets West patented Traeger turkey burger, an Asian fusion burger made with Willow Farms organic turkey, a toasted Telegio cheese crisp, papaya chutney, black truffle aioli, and microgreens on a gluten-free brioche bun. Enjoy. Mmm. This tastes as delicious as Beyonce smells. Mm. I'm guessing. (laughs) What is this in here? Saffron? Wow, somebody's got a sharp palate. I love the umami flavor. Stop being so pretentious, Kyle. (laughs) Here's mine. It's a hamburger made out of meat on a bun with nothing. Add ketchup if you want. I couldn't care less. Ron, I'm so disappointed. I thought that you and I were going to have a real challenge. Never mind. This is better. Way better. <laughs> mm, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyle? Sorry, Andy. Ron's is better. Damn it, Kyle. Mm. Oh, my God. It's so much better. It's crazy. <laughs> Turkey can never beat cow, Chris. 
Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Chris cannot believe that Ron beat him. Although, you know, he does admit it's been a while since he had a hamburger. Sure. And and I can relate to that. It's been a long time. I bet they're delicious. And they are. And and <laughs> Ron just kind of is, is a gracious winner. And Ron holds up the last paper plate with one of his hamburgers on it for Chris to try. And Chris takes it and he stares at Ron for a second, like almost in disbelief, like, no, no, yeah. no, this ain't going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And then Never finally happened. and then finally he, he takes a bite. And then immediately, like within half a second, goes, oh, my God, this is better. <laughs> and then then speaks out to everyone. The commissary will continue to serve horrifying artery clogging hamburgers. And everyone like, yay. Oh, my God. I almost was giddy when I saw Jerry oh, versus Kyle. Like, so it, like that's almost as important to me as this burger battle. Like, oh, my gosh, who, who's going to win in the battle of the punching bags? I, I, there is a pecking order, Mark. And I, I think we now know exactly where Jerry falls in it. And it's above Kyle. Damn, Kyle. I was almost giddy when this scene yeah. happened. I kid you not. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Well, I think it's it's like real life in that way. You know, we, we talked about this before. I mean, every state makes fun of another state. You know, I don't know who that last state is going to be. But if, if the states were people, it'd be Kyle. That's right. Alaska can't help that it's Kyle. It's not Alaska. Alaska, we love you. No, it's not Alaska. It's we, not Alaska. We, we, we know who they're we real. Know it is. We're not just we're not going to say we're not going to say no. out of courtesy to all of our viewers, Mark. Right. Yeah. Especially on the East Coast. I'm kidding. I'm or is kidding. It the Northwest. Look, I only know 20 states. So <laughs> chances are it's not even one of those. Probably not. Right. Uh, there's North Texas and there's why Virginia. And I don't know. <laughs> I recommend, Mark, that in addition to getting a dictionary, perhaps a map. Yeah. 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 Well, I have one. It's circular. It's actually on a place map from Denny's. I should probably get a real map. You probably should. Actually, the one on Denny's just shows me how to get through the maze to get to my meal. You know what's on the other side of that maze? No. A delicious hamburger. Thank you. Thank you. Way to bring it all back around. Well done. That's what I do here. Yup. Well, Mark, as things wrap up, it's nice to see that April and Andy just get each other and, you know, cooking is dumb. And and Chris apologizes to Leslie for shutting down this budding romance with Tom. Yeah, I think Andy enjoyed his uh, his half of the Andy Chris duo that occurred today. And and I think that he honestly put in some effort. I think he is implied here at the doing the turkey. As much effort as Andy puts into anything. That's a great point. And so he's like, you know, that kind of sucks because we put in a lot of work and only to get beat by Ron. I mean, not that his burgers weren't delicious because yes, they are. But, you know, and then (laughs) April just says, yeah, Hard work never pays off. Andy agrees by saying cooking cooking is dumb. And then April <laughs> April says, I swear on this dead crow that I will never cook for you. <laughs> and Andy just says, I love you. Um, so then we go to Chris coming up to Leslie. He just wants to make sure that there's no hard feelings after, you know, <clears throat> forcing her to break up with Tom. Uh, LOL and yuck. Um, And he also lets slip that, you know, Leslie, if it makes any difference, it's not just you. I mean, just the other day, Ben, of all people, said that he might be interested in someone uh, here locally at the office. And and did he say who? He did not. It's a moot point. The point is moot because Chris told him, sorry, not possible because, you know, of of his uh, his strict thing there. And um, so Leslie gets kind of a uh, like a knowing look on her face. One mystery solved. Yep. I think. 
Well, I think we're all relieved to understand that mystery and what the heck was up with Ben. And, you know, it was a, it was a clear case of awkward Ben, which we've seen before. But <clears> this one was different. We weren't sure why, but now we get it. Right, right. Yep. And then um, we see Leslie going up to Ben. I think maybe this kind of encouraged her to kind of, I don't know, break the ice is the right term. But, you know, just kind of introduce it again and, and says, hey, you know. Well, Chris jogs off. He says you ha- he's going to take a jog to help with digestion. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure he is. He'll make up some excuse to jog <laughs> that nut. Um, so Leslie and Ben start making small talk. I'm like, what is chutney? And nobody knows what chutney is. I don't even know if it's a thing. And then he may be allergic, though. He may be allergic. Who knows? No one knows. No one knows. And uh, and Leslie asks if he still wants to go and compare their health tip ideas. And Ben seems eager. I mean, despite how awkward things were earlier in the day, Ben seems eager to do so. And he even shyly mentions like, hey, if you know, this might be kind of dumb, maybe. But, you know, there's a certain bench in front of a I don't know if you know this. There's a wildflower uh, mural. Uh, then there's a bench in front of her. Like, would you be OK going there? And she's just looking at him and just beaming with the biggest smile and just, mm-hmm. and they agree to go there and eat and talk. Um, really, really sweet moment. And th- this scene ends with a Leslie talking head, kind of her narrating it as we see her and Ben like eat and talk and laugh yeah, in front of this yeah. mural. And Leslie narrates as we're seeing this happen. She's not sure if online dating's for her, and we actually see her then uh, delete her profile on HoosierMate.com, and she wraps up her talking head by saying, "I think I like what I have. I think I'm going to try to make it work with Tom." Big pause. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank goodness. I love this moment. It's a great, you know, the shippers out there, Mark, call them ben, Bensley. Did you know this? No. Yeah. So this is a great Bensley moment. And, um, you know, just the fact that he loves that spot. She loves that spot. These kids are clearly meant to be as much as, you know, the the Tom and uh, Leslie shippers. I guess those would be uh, Tomsley's. No, that's not right. <laughs> wow. That's never meant to be. Uh, they'll just have to be disappointed here. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, the, the the fact that Leslie's favorite place on the planet is a bench in front of a mural. It's like it, when she said that, it's so dull, but so heartfelt. It's almost like kind of oddly magical. Like mm-hmm. she really, really believes that weird thing she just yeah. said. It's kind of endearing just for her. And the fact that Ben, apropos of absolutely nothing, would yeah, pick out pick this weird little oddity. And he's kind of shy about it. Like, you know, I don't know if you knew this. There's like this bench and there's this yeah. mural. And she's kind of just looking at him and just beaming at him the whole time. Really sweet. So really, Mark, this episode was actually about soulmates. I guess so. Wow. See what I did there? Makes you think. It does make you think. The more you know, the more you grow. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that once on TV. Yeah. ABC after school special. <laughs> well, Mark, this show was clearly not on ABC, so. No, no. Yeah, the NBC one. Yeah, the NBC one. Proud is a. Something. A bird. It's a bird there. Yeah. A crow. It was a crow. <laughs> Proud is a crow. Wow. <laughs> 
that 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 see net, how it all comes together, Mark. That network needs to choose a different mascot. Yeah, that's not that's not a pretty bird. No, it's not. Well, Mark, I think all that's left in this episode is the kicker, and uh, we learn how, exactly how cyber criminal Tom Trojan horse his way into the mainframe, bypass security, and hack the HoosierMate.com software algorithm. Well, right, that's what I saw. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you have to hack stuff. Um, to, to, to get a match where there should be no match. Look, there has been, I'm not saying that this is Ocean's Eleven quality. <laughs> all right. But, but they kind of had too many mysteries yeah. in, in this, in this episode. And we just saw the, the, Tur- the turkey the, or cow. Is that one of them? <laughs> no, no, that was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> no, because vegan bacon won that one. Yes, you're correct. No, the one of them that the, like, why is Ben all, you know, huh? What? Oh, uh, that's what? true. Bye. Yeah, that's mystery we, one. Yeah. We found out the answer to that. Yeah. Um, cause uh, Chris is all mean and stuff and that's why. And, uh, <laughs> And then, so here's the second one is the kicker. Leslie and Tom are sitting together at the central table in the bullpen. And Leslie just finally asks Tom point blank. How did we get matched up? And Tom just admits, you know what? I got 26 profiles. Each profile has a different letter of the alphabet as my middle initial. And each one is designed to attract a different type of girl. Which one did you get? And she's, oh, I got Tom N. Haverford. I'm like, ah, N stands for nerd. <laughs> like, that's his nerd profile. And then Tom laughs at this and continues to tease Leslie until Leslie has Donna kiss Tom once again into speechlessness. And then and Leslie ends the scene by saying, every time I want you to shut up from now on. And Tom just sits there in stunned silence. Fade to black. The stunned silence is the best kind of silence for Tom. I've decided I'll take any kind of silence. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, I'm going to get. Remind me to talk about that during deleted scenes. (sighs) Well, that's a great episode breakdown, Mark. Thank you, as always. Great job. Um, I think we should take a real quick break, collect our thoughts and other things, and then we'll come back and we'll finish this and wrap it up. It's a plan, man. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Do you eat food? Do you need stuff? Do not bother answering. Of course you do. Everyone does. Well, boy, howdy, do I have the place for you. In case you cannot see where this is going, I will spell it out for you. Food and stuff. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Located at 729 Glenmore Boulevard, food and stuff is equidistant from my home and work and is where I get all of my food and most of my stuff. Let's talk about food. They have all the ingredients you will need to prepare a meal at home that will whisk you away to exotic locales such as Brazil, Indiana, Portland, Indiana, Alexandria, Indiana, or Lebanon, Indiana. Now that I have painted a pretty picture about the food, let us now talk about the second part of the name, the stuff. Simply put, food and stuff has items you need which include but are not limited to file cabinets, bikes, printer paper, buckets of different sizes, tires, shelving units, VCRs, I have occasionally even seen a fancy DVD player, guns, flags and flagpoles, artificial turf, fish tanks, fish tank cleaning supplies, dogs, and a wrench, just one left. 
I think it is a metric one, and therefore I do not accept its existence, so you will need to come in to check the size yourself. Impressed? You should be. Food and Stuff also offers convenient services such as Chinese food buffet, engine repair, passport photos, and catering. When you visit Food and Stuff, don't bother telling them Ron sent you. They don't know me by that name, and they won't give you a discount anyway. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, welcome back. Well, Mark, uh, I think, you know, as we normally do, we talk about our deleted scenes. I'll mention here that this episode on the DVD had about six minutes and one second of deleted scenes. I don't know, it was a dozen or so different clips, depending on how you count. And, and it was a little difficult to count because this one was as much as anything. There were definitely a combination of real deleted scenes, mm -hmm. uh, maybe one worth mentioning. And then uh, kind of just a bunch of fun run outtakes, I think, of Tom just kind of going a little bit nuts with his uh, cool little jazzy song. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when he and Leslie are at the yes. Ralph's. At Ralph's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph's, forever known to be Ralph's. Yeah, you wind him up and it's hard to stop him. It really is hard to stop him. Yeah, we found that out in this episode. But, <laughs> uh, my, my favorite deleted scene was the one where Jerry has this great idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is like a calendar. I think it's a calendar, right? He's wants to do. I think it's just like a blog or something. Oh, a blog. It was it? A, a blog. Yeah, because remember when blogs were a thing? No. <laughs> You're I not mean, that old. Yeah, I do. No, I'm not. I'm hip. I'm with, I'm like the kids say, uh, not old. See, kids, one, once upon a time, there were these things called blogs. They were kind of like, a, I don't know, internet, mini website diaries. Yeah, they're kind of like a blog. Yeah, they're like a blog. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, uh, Jerry's idea was uh, canines and size nines in which, you know, he was featuring dogs inside of clogs. Uh, big shoes. Big shoes. Yeah. I guess the size nine is a big shoe. For something. a dog. For, for a dog. You got well, like a little point. wiener dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I get it. See, yeah. that would be funny. That would be funny. I like missed Oversized. That. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But doesn't Tom like steal the idea from him and he, yeah. And clogs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then like, and then he says, and my lawyer says, Oh, hey, yeah. Jerry, yeah, I guess it's possible like something you did may have made it, you know, me get creative. But my right. lawyers say you need to cease and desist, buddy. <laughs> and so Jerry's mad at him. And then Tom's like, yeah, and I've almost made 15 bucks. <laughs> He's not worth it. He just wanted to twist the knife in Jerry's back. I think we can relate to that uh, that budget return mark on Boy. our investment. Right. But, 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 you know. I'm glad they didn't include this deleted scene because it was really kind of douchey of Tom. And this is already a pretty douche-tastic episode with regard to Tomness. Yeah. You know, if you're eating a delicious uh, sausage, you don't need to bacon up the sausage. It's a good point. I think you've made the point many times before that too much of something is too much or something more eloquent than that. But let's just say you said it that way. Oh, no. I'm kind of thinking about the sausage with bacon around and then making me hungry. <laughs> so I, I may have hoisted by my own Picard. Yeah. Food driven Mark would be our new trope. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Bravo. Thank you. thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I think that I don't know if there was much else on the deleted scenes to talk about, Mark. Um, I, I feel like we could move on if that's all right with you. Yeah. I mean, I thought that they were they were funny enough, but I get it. I get why they chose those as the, as the deleted scenes. It's yeah, I, I would agree with that. How about first tropes, goofs and fun facts? Uh, what, what did you mine for us this week, Mark? Well, I had three firsts. 
I think I can support two of them and one I'll see if the judges agree with. Okay, fair enough. So first is I called punching bag battle royale, Jerry and Kyle going head to head. I yeah. mean, I was almost giddy watching this. I think as it wa- as I was watching this and I had on my headphones, so no one knew what was happening. And, and I like actually yelled <laughs> out, it's happening. <laughs> no one knew what I was referring to. So there's punching bag battle royale. Um, Number two, first time something explicit. See if you agree with this. First time something explicit is said by Ben or Leslie that they are interested in one another. Because I think that they've been dancing around this like, hey, you know. Do, we're do you mean in the fact that it Leslie Ashley asked him out? Oh, good point. Well, because, I mean, yeah, they've been dancing around and like they've been kind of hanging around and, yeah, you can kind of read between the lines. And, yeah, I think that they're kind of interested. But it's like no one's actually went, do you want to go out? Like no one's really taken that first but little step. But she did step. it in the context of working together on something work related. So, yes, I think Ben sees it for what it is. And that's why he gets uncomfortable because we know later what, you know, Chris has said to him. Right. But. I don't know if I'd qualify it as just a straight up date ask. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how our viewers feel about that one. Well, I think you've just crushed the heart of all the shippers of, <laughs> of the Bensleys. Lesben or B- ben- Bensley. No, Bensley. Bensley. No, Bensley. Not Lesben. No no, 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 no. I did that backwards. I'm so sorry. No. All right. So uh, <laughs> the, the no. third one to immediately move on is uh, I think this is the first time that we see Chris eat something that he considers bad for him. And enjoy it for sure. But I mean, you're right. I mean, period. Just because he's, and it seems like such a stupid thing to say, but he's so obsessive over eating healthy. That's a great and, point. And I don't think I've ever seen him eat like a piece of pie or, 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 or French fries. Or I don't, you know, I mean, it's always just like superfood, quinoa, whatever. Yeah. And like he's eating a hamburger and he's like, oh, this is so bad for me, you know? So I'm I consider that a first. Yeah, I agree. How about no, you? That's great. Uh, my real big one. I think I just got so so enamored with the, uh, you know, the Kyle smackdown smackdown by by uh, you know Jerry that mm-hmm. I just I couldn't I couldn't put anything else to paper. <laughs> that, that was it for me. It is the first time we see food and stuff. We've talked about it before. Yes, yes, so there's we have. That. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think those were my two big ones for this episode for sure. Tropes. I, I think we had obviously we had some punching bag Kyle, yeah, which we've talked about and love. Uh, we did have punching bag Jerry, yep. technically, yeah, we did. Um, we had some uh, Ben awkwardness, so some Bam for Ben sure. awkward moments. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure did. Um, I think that was my list of uh, of tropes. How about you? I had those three, and I also had a OMG for the open mouth. Oh, yeah, we had some Tom. big ones That's from a big Tom. One. Holy cow! Yeah, and then also a FDR food driven Ron. Yes, I figure that that's a deserving. I one think here. it qualifies. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, and I love that Ron wins the day with his, you know, meat and bread. And ketchup if you want sandwich. That's it. Oh, see, that was so brilliant. Chris is 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 doing this like a uh, uh, you know kitchen impossible. Yeah, uh, you know uh, he's worked on this for twelve uh, what twelve years or something. He's master chef yeah. level uh, d- degree of meticulousness. And then Ron goes, "Here is a burger. It is made of meat. It is on a bun." With nothing. It's almost like he's going, screw you, Chris. Pretty much. Because <laughs> this yeah. is what's going to beat yeah. your turkey yeah. damn burger. Yeah. yeah. Make it exciting by putting ketchup on it if you want. I do not care. That's fine. 
Uh, so Ron, very Ron-tastic. Very Ron-tastic. Agreed. Yeah. I think on the goofs and uh, uh, the fun facts piece, I, I did, there was a goof I found on the internet's mark that I, you know, I don't claim, but apparently, you know, they, they make up stuff in the show. I don't know if you know that the props department does. And there's a typo on the cover of the magazine that Sewage Joe is reading. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. What is it's that? It's Organic Home Veggie Garden is the name of the magazine, but it's misspelled. It's veggie with one G. Oh. So there you go. And, uh, but, but it does have a centerfold, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then on, how about you? Any goofs on your side? I had no goofs. Okay. And then I think as far as uh, fun facts, um, I, I didn't have any of those. Did you? Uh, I, I just had two. I mean, one is is pretty tame. But if there's, you know, any of our listening audience, uh, we are uh, international. And uh, so, you know, the, the HoosierMate.com, that's that's funny because oh, yeah. the uh, us because. peoples, including myself and senior Alan of the Roundtable, um, Hoosier is a term used to describe people from Indiana. And we don't know really know why. That's a whole podcast itself. No, no one. It's maybe a podcast series. I think it's got the same origin as the pyramids, but but no Pretty one much. no one really knows. Almost as amazing. Yeah, standing stones, pyramids, the nickname Hoosiers, um, and it's also you know funny Great movie with Gene Hackman. <laughs> it's also funny because you know you could interpret that as the sentence, "Who is your mate?" Who's your mate? It's a great point. It's a good double entendre. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But do we have that dictionary yet? Okay. So I, I had that. So that's kind of interesting. And NBC actually made that a website. Temporarily. Temporarily. And now yeah, it's, Don't go there now. No, I know. Don't look, folks. That'll take you to the dark web. It's like the German <laughs> uh, muffin. It's just not a good- You don't want to go there. Uh, thing. Yep. Um, Moving on. The, the other uh, fun fact I had, which I guess you could consider this a goof, but I think it's a fun fact- um, when Anne was giving Leslie the cholesterol uh, test, yeah, um, she did a, a nurse no-no. So she's drawing Leslie's blood and she didn't have gloves on. So boo um, and boo. Did, did she lick and reuse the syringe too while she was at it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch. Times that, were different like, back in 2011. It Can was, just it was like the wild, wild west. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. Yeah, sure was. I kind of miss it in some ways. I do too. But, you know, gloves even then probably would have been a smart idea. It was a simpler time, Alan. I remember back in 2011, I would sit on my front porch and talk about the old timey shows on the radio and go to get a phosphate from the drugstore. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Podcast? What's that? You say? No, I know what that is. It's where you throw pots. Oh, a podcast. A podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like at the like the local uh, f- carnival there. Yeah. And yeah. You just one by distance. I don't know what you measure it by, but yeah, is is depth or like the tone that it hits when it's <laughs> smash against something? I don't know. Oh. But yeah, that's all I had for fun facts. Well, I think that's a, a probably a pretty good one. Are, are we ready to give a score on this thing then? Oh my gosh, are we finally there? Are we ever? <laughs> well, let's let's do like normal, Mark. Let's be brief here. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a moment to compose myself. That's pretty good. Well, see, now I'm under pressure. So now I don't know how to do this here. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So I usually do the episode MVP. Yes, please do that. That's, you know what? I love it. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I really do like it because I think it's it's good to recognize it's an anchor point for us is what it is, Mark. It is. I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, so who'd you got this week? Well, um, 
I talked to the brass and they're going, they're not pleased with the way that I went with this. Actually, I told them what I wanted to do and they said, how far do you want to walk? And, and I said, okay, okay. So they want me to pick one person. And so that's what I did. <clears throat> what did you try to do? Like a, a seven way tie? Officially. And then I have my unofficial answer, which I'm going to give, which has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the official answer. So my official answer for the episode Calm MVP down. is Amy Poehler as Leslie. No. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to get into why, but before I can do that, I have to say my unofficial answer. My unofficial answer is the writers. Mm, and, he, and here's why. Okay. By my count, Alan, this episode had seven strong pairings. Let's just real quickly check them off. Leslie Ann. Yeah. Multiple scenes. Yeah. Leslie Tom. Multiple scenes. Yeah. Leslie Ben. Multiple scenes. Ron Chris. Ron April. Chris Andy. Andy April, each of these, and I don't mean like no, par- that's I, good. I don't mean pairings like oh man, these two people were in one scene yeah. together. I mean each pairing, A had a decent amount of content, yeah. B had really funny, well written scenes, and C, each one of those provided some insight into the relationship those characters yeah. had. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever seen that before. No, a lot of arc building in that regard, and and I think all of them to some degree also drove the plot. I completely agree. Yeah. But you may note that of those seven that I listed, Leslie is in three of the three seven. Of and so that in conjunction with some of her hysterically funny moments, bleep you, Anne, <laughs> that makes her my official MVP pick. So that that's why she's certainly the glue that holds everything together. I, I think she often is at yes. this, in this phase of the show here in the middle of season three, a little past it, in fact. Right. But especially in this episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, good agree. call out. Great so a, a, f- a few notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad to see the return of the great Kirk Fox as Sewage Joe, yeah. Yeah. Um, who I think appeared previously, I want to say in Telethon. And then even before that, it was the camel that I think we first that saw. Right. Him. And we're going to continue to see Sewage Joe. Good. I like him. I like the dog poop shaped paperweight on his desk, too. That was fun. (laughs) Um, I love, love, love the positive, upbeat Chris Andy combo. Healthy ingredients, pinwheels, countered by the dour, cynical uh, uh, Ron April combo. Red meat, dead crows. Um, I also love the whole vegan bacon scene. You know, like we said, Ron was almost bursting with pride when April stepped in to also throw away her strip of vegan bacon. She's got his back. Um, I gave Chris props for having the almost instant, oh, this is better, you know, reaction to Ron's burger seconds after trying it. I mean, he I'll say this. He doesn't have a huge ego like he's easily able to admit like, oh, you know what? I was wrong. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Chris has shown up that way before. I I mean, despite the gargantuan amount of effort he put into that burger, which I got to tell you, like I'm I'm a meat, 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 meat guy all the way and red meat. And that's wonderful. and stuff. all the red. I got to say. The turkey burger sounded pretty good. It did. And I think everyone kind of really liked it. Oh, yeah. Until they had a simple old plain hamburger to compare it with. Well, let's say the turkey burger ranked eight Little Sebastians. <laughs> okay. The, the hamburger ranked a 10. Fair enough. It doesn't mean the eight's bad. No. It but just means the 10's better. Mark, if, if, if our Little Sebastian scoring system is hot as anything, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. All right. Um, 
And one of the best parts of this episode, and I know we've talked about this, but I have to mention it again, was the long-awaited introduction of someone lower on the social hierarchy <laughs> than Jerry. Like you could almost hear a hint of eager giddiness, like Jerry had been like waiting, waiting to say this some line to someone yeah. for a long time. It's almost like the like the youngest child in a family who's always lowest on the pecking order from his brother and sister. Finally gets their moment. Like are they find like the come here, family pet. Here's what I here's what I do to you. <laughs> dog. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and I mentioned this before, but I like the fact that this episode provided us really with two little mini mysteries. Like they prevented it, they presented us with facts and then we were like, well, that didn't make sense. Like what's, what's the reasoning behind it? And then they answered it, you okay. know, not oceans 11 style. I know, no. but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, there was a part that hit me like a wrecking ball and we already kind of talked about, it, so I'm not going to say much about it, but it's when, uh, you know. Ben has the same favorite place as Leslie. That was great. I completely forgot about it. Me and it too. was so sweet. I, I is pure gold. So, all right. <sighs> Enough of those shenanigans. Speaking of which, we na- now need to get Hal 9000 back out to compute your score. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is going to be. A- I hope he does better with this than they did on that. Who's your mate.com thing. Oh, I, I, yeah, undoubtedly. <laughs> all right. So here's the Mark score. This is. This this episode had almost everything that I could ask from it, including seven solid character pairings, five base score. Okay. That, that's as high as I've ever given. Um, I'm going to give a whole point for the great performance by episode MVP Leslie Nope. I'm going to give half a point for the great use of their deep comedic bench as always, including Donna and Jerry, maybe slight, slightly less of Donna and Jerry, but they were still in multiple scenes. They were Um, half a point for the Leslie Tom pairing. Great, great stuff. Half a point for the Ron April pairing and half a point for the Chris Andy pairing. I I love those so much. I thought it was so strong. The writing was solid. It was funny. It established more about the relationships. I just love it. Half a point for the punching bag battle royale. I, I, how can I not give that a point um, or half point half point for uh, Leslie and Ben sweetly sitting together in front of the wildflower mm-hmm. mural. I just freaking love that. <laughs> and finally half a point for the moment that nearly made me do a spit take bleep you in. <laughs> so you add up all those and uh, all the numbers and stuff. And you come out with, you come out with 9.5 Little Sebastian's. Um, I I did remember. You know how we sometimes we forget episodes or the, the details. I I did remember this episode. I had clearly clearly forgotten what a good episode this was. I, I think maybe this one was only clearly outdone by Harvest Festival, and that's it. What about flu season? Tie. Okay. I I mean, could it be like nickel and dime better? Uh, Maybe. But the only one that's clearly outdone this one is maybe Harvest Festival. But beyond that, this is rubbing shoulders with all the rest of them. All right. So, oh, I also got to say, in my opinion, this kind of broke the curse. Because you know how we had said before, really high scoring episodes, like like a flu season or like a Harvest Festival. The episodes that follow them. Yeah. Yikes, it's a tough act to follow, right? right? So they tend to, not that they're bad scores, but they could drop by a couple points or right. whatever. So I mean, if that's the, the the curse, I feel like this kind of broke the curse. Like for, for me anyway, I don't know what your score, you may give this a three, but, but you know, back to back with April and Andy's party, this yeah. is 9.5. Remind us what we scored that as. 9.5. Yes. Both, both of, of us. us. Yes. So strong episode followed by a strong episode, like holy crap. Well done. 
What you got, man? All right, Mark. Well, here you go. Buckle <laughs> in. You know how you give two scores sometimes because you you're a cheater <laughs> and you lost your parking space. <laughs> That's not why it happened. Yeah, it I is, is kind of how it happened. It, it is so kind of how it happened. I'm going to give yeah. two scores as well, and it's not producer's cut versus standard cut. It's the score I would have given this in 2011 versus the score I'm going to give it in 20 what years is ten years later. Your your thesis both intrigues and confuses mm-hmm. me. Please go on. I shall. Yeah, yeah. Here, 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 go I. Yeah, yeah. I'll put this into the, my computer. You ready? All right. Meet more. Meet more. Okay. I think in 2011 I would have given this a 9.5 because I also remembered this episode and really remembered liking it. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Okay, okay. Sorry, that's not what we do. I, I promise I won't belabor this. I won't. It's not even a long thing, and I'm not going to like rip down your score. Oh, no. Okay. You know, you you plus up your score typically, uh, right? Yeah. You start with your base. Oh, dear. You add a half and a quarter and sometimes a third. I don't know. You make stuff up as you go, I think. <laughs> and and so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with my base, which is my full score of 9.5 in 2011. And then I'm going to say that in 20, 10 years later, whatever it is now, I'm going to say that I feel like because of some of the stuff we've all lived through and where the, the just a slight cultural shift and what's funny and what's maybe not as funny, there was just a little too much Tom here for me. Like, mm. I, I think it detracted from the episode for me. I wanted to really get it up there to a nine and a half or, you know, more. But uh, for me, I, I came in like more like an eight and a half. Um, and, and I really waffled between that and a nine. So here's what I'll do for you, Mark, just so that you don't feel bad. Did you really have two scores? Kind of. <laughs> I really couldn't make up my mind about how I feel about it because of exactly what I mentioned. That part is absolutely true. And I think I, in my gamut of consideration, and this is where the truth comes in, I swung all the way from an eight and a half to a nine and a half and back. And I finally just said, I've got to give this a score because Mark's knocking at my door and we're going to record this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Nine. Um, nine, nine little Sebastians. Is that your official, like, you know, let, like, let's that, say that's my official. I'll give you a, for example, let's sure. say that the, the, the upper brass here at LFP worldwide yeah. headquarters came, I'm knock, not influenced by came knocking on your door and said, you have to give a score on account of your shenanigans. I have a, a, you know, detracted from your performance. So if you had to give a single Always. score, yeah. it'd be a nine, nine. All right. I can see that. Which again, yeah, Mark, I, I landed solidly on a nine. I don't feel bad about that score because um, I think it's, you know, a really good episode, a very funny episode. I think like I've said on other occasions, there's there's always some X factor where I could have gone a little higher if and, you know, that that Harvest Festival that was that was Chris missing. Uh, I don't remember what it was for Flu Festival. Flu Festival. <laughs> <laughs> there's our new title. I don't remember what it was for flu season, um, but but I remember that, you know, we, we've been trying to figure out what episode is finally going to get to 10. For me, it just can't be this one. Um, it, you, you've, you've pointed this out on multiple occasions with guest stars and other scenarios where a little too much of something. Mm. Um, I think we had that maybe as much as we like Councilman Dexhart uh, in a couple of the episodes. There was one there in particular where I remember just a little too much of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I could have done with a little less. I think. 
I just could have done with a little less of the Tom stuff here and him being a little less gross, Tom. And But I, what I did love about it was how Leslie handled it. I thought it was mm-hmm. brilliant. And it's exactly how she should handle it both then and now, which is just to try to figure out what's up with this dude. So um, I did really enjoy this episode. Very funny episode. Um, I really was touched by the Ben's Lee stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, rooting for those kids. Um, I love seeing April and Andy just kind of connecting and almost finishing each other's sentences in some ways. And that the the pairings you mentioned and the parody uh, with an I-T-Y right, right. Of, of, you know, kind of April with Ron and then Andy with Chris and how well that whole combination worked on that road trip uh, to the various two stores there. So there was a lot to like in this episode. And so I have zero problem giving it nine little Sebastians. Well, you know what? I, I like that. I like your explanation as always. And one final note I'll make here is, is I, I think looking at this analytically, I had kind of a, a similar deja vu experience to what I experienced with the camel, which is good episode, but a great episode for me anyway, when I look at like how it was constructed and yeah. how it was written. And I think that that holds true for this as well. Not that it doesn't deserve the 9.5, but just that I can see how. I might have missed all these really, really clever nuances if I were just kind of watching it That's out of the point. side eye. Yeah, you know what I mean? That. Yeah. 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 The, the critical lens kind of gives you some extra. Yeah. And it can show up in our score, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a great call out. That's a really good call out. And, and I think that was especially true in The Camel, like you said. I, I'll say it again. One of the best season two episodes. Yep. The Camel. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Let's fight. <laughs> Let's fight, Internet. Oh, uh, well. yeah. Well, Mark, earlier in the podcast, I told you I wanted to circle back to our director, Ken Whittingham, and and I think you know why. Yeah, folks around here are bad at keeping secrets. Well, it's no secret that our special guest today is a prolific director with a wide range of directing credits from shows that, you know, like Bernie Mac Show, Gilmore Girls, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Ugly Betty, Community, 30 Rock, Californication, our favorite show, Parks and Recreation, The Middle, The Mindy Project, Parenthood, Scrubs, Two Broke Girls, Everybody Hates Chris. I'm going to take a short break here real quick and catch my breath. Modern Family, (laughs) The King of Queens, The Office, of course, Blackish, My Name is Earl, American Housewife. And uh, the Upshaws. And then, Ken, you also have been a producer on Suburgatory in Keenan as, as well, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I was a producer on um, Keenan this year, the executive producer, and uh, and Suburgatory, and also um, uh, the Upshaws, uh, and uh, Dad Stop Embarrassing Me with Jamie Fox. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You're making me tired just going through that <laughs> list. Yeah, it's a, uh, I've kind of, gone into that to that um, arena now the executive producer stuff and uh it's fun it's fun oh that's great well we're very very happy to have you with us and we really appreciate you taking the time today absolutely oh my pleasure well ken if i have my facts right you directed uh eight episodes of parks and rec spanning about i think about five years from uh, 2010 to about 2015 um and as you know this week we're covering soulmates um, which I think was your second time directing. Um, do you have any memories of the, this episode, Soulmates, or, or any of the other episodes you directed? Like, what what stands out? 
What stands out? That's that particular episode was really one of my favorite. So makes one of my favorite episodes um, that I directed. Um, and because what I liked about it was a theme about meat, you know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because because it, it it's just it was just so true that you know if you can eat turkey burgers and and they you know they're good and they're healthy for you and you can put all the ingredients. But to me, there's nothing like a good beef burger, you know, when it comes to taste, you just can't get around it. And so, so that was, that was the, you know, pretty much the through line. And, and then it was also the dating, you know, of Leslie and, and Tom, you know, that, that match. And that, and, and, and during that time, that's when those apps were just coming out, those dating yeah. apps, and algorithms and, and things. So it was all very relatable and very current. Um, um, but uh, I like. I really like um, that episode because um, at the end, when when he said, "Why well, everybody's like, wow, the beef is much better." I mean, <laughs> hands down, most people feel like that. I think, you know. So, and it was fun. And it was fun getting out of the office too, you know, and going to the health food store, and then going to that place on the meat, food, and stuff. I think. <laughs> so, and that was a little store that was right around the corner from. Well, not it was pretty close to the to the studio, and um, and we just went in there and just you know just we just had a lot of fun. I think we were out quite a bit. Yeah, we were in restaurants. We in a restaurant. We had three different, three or four different locations. I think that episode. So it was nice to get out and uh, and you know just have some fun at these at these different places. You know, and the comparison of the food stuff and and uh, the health food store. You know, one of my favorite lines is, you know, when Ron Swanson was he was saying, "Yeah, um, this place, this health food store is like like a zoo." You know, uh, look at that. <laughs> the Rastafarian uh, hippie guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nature's amazing. Nature's amazing. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. So that, that every time I it just makes me laugh. And one thing, another thing that I would, would make me laugh about that episode, which I loved, is when I, and I still say these things sometimes to my wife, and it makes makes her kind of cringe. I think <laughs> when we talk, when when Tom was talking about with all the different definitions of you know food and, and different things like app apps, zert zert and all that stuff, you know, you know, and so um, I thought that was brilliant writing and, and performance <laughs> as well, you know. So it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was a very a very and the pace of that episode was really I love the pace of it. Yeah, you know, it was just nonstop jokes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that actually ties into my next question, which, you know, I think Parks, that cast in particular, maybe a little more than The Office, is kind of known for the a little bit deeper improvisational skills and actual use of improvisation on the show versus the script. You know, they had the things they called the fun runs, you know, which many of those made it in. Um, you know, do you as a director, you know, I suppose you're giving up a little bit of control during a fun run or in something that's definitely being improv versus what's on the page. Do you have a preference and how do you work with both? Um, to be honest with you, that was one of my favorite parts of, of the show, you know, the fun runs, you know, because all those people, you know, all those people that most of those people that they hired all were very skilled improvisational actors, you know, and, um, and they would come to, and they would, you know, we'd have a list of what was called alts, and then it was a grab, and then it was a grab bag, mm -hmm. you know. So if we had time, 
we would do the alts and then if we had time, we would do the grab bag. And then we would just do a fun run where everybody could just say whatever they want. So those people <laughs> were all so funny. You know, I really looked forward to it because they they would come. I, I always thought they would come with jokes in their, you know, you know, metaphorically speaking, jokes in their pockets, you know. And because I know that's what I do even to this day. I <laughs> I, I look at I look at the page and I go, well, there's some some better this maybe there's a different way to go or a better joke there. And and I'll just and I because I still do it on certain shows that I do now. I say, okay, you know, and I'll warn people before we, you know, before we get there. I say, all right, we're gonna do a fun run, you know, and um and and but you have to do it. You can't do it. You have to do it in a um, where you're shooting three cameras at the same time, where you're capturing the whole scene at the same time. Yeah. It's hard to do a lighting setup and then turn around and do another lighting setup. I'm not sure if you know, but on Parks and Rec and uh, The Office, we would shoot three cameras at the same time. So we would capture everything there. And so people could play off each other. It's much easier, but it's harder to do when, you know, you're, there's one lighting setup this side this person then because people forget what they say and you know it's just it's not as it's not as, as fluid so um uh the fun run i didn't feel like i was giving up anything at all because they were you know they were just words you know and the, and if it was funnier a lot of times it would be funnier sometimes it wouldn't be and so we just it gave us more options you know i was never really i'm never really married to the scripts uh, especially with with the caliber of those 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 actors, all those actors are mm-hmm. all sure. they're all stars. You know, they're all stars to me. They all had, you know, an, an amazing comedic timing and talent. Well, Z's, we talk about him all the time, and like you know, just wind him up and let him go. You know, and so and he's got that background, and you know, I think Pratt was the big surprise to everybody that you know he didn't really have an improv background. Right. He could improv right. with the best of them, really. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, yeah, cool. he really could. He really could. And Aziz, um, you know, him and Alan Yang, especially, I think Alan Yang, did he did he write Soulmates? Yeah, he wrote Soulmates, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I did another episode with with Alan and, um, and Aziz, you know, Alan, where Alan was a writer. But the two of them, just watching them, you know, work together, you know, was just amazing. You know, because they were so good at it. You know, they were all good at coming up with jokes. And it really made me want to go take improv classes. And I, every summer I go, I'm going to take a class this year. And I, <laughs> I never do. Because I think it's important. I think it's I think it's advantageous to have those skills as a director if you can. You know, especially if the, if the writers are open to letting the, the directors influence the writing a little bit. I think that's a great wrap up for Soulmates. Our next episode is going to be episode 11, Jerry's Painting, if oh you boy. remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that episode and covering that and seeing everybody next week. How about you? Yep, me too, definitely. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. All right, bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. Music